Welcome, everybody, to He's Not Done Yet. We're so delighted that you're here today, and uh, we're really, really honored uh, that you'd be tuning in. You know, He's Not Done Yet is a radio ministry that goes out every Sunday at 10 a.m. to 11 uh, a.m. in the morning on Victory Radio Station. Uh, of course, you can uh, catch us on YouTube, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the media networks out there. You you can tune in there. We'd love for you to, to tune in. Today's scripture comes from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all Thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you today, God. We honor you, and we love you. We thank you for today, God. We just pray that this would fall on good ground today, God, and we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today is a very special day, and I, and I want to say this, and I've been wanting to say this. Don't touch that dial. Oh, 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 oh,
from brother John Payne I'm never going to forget where God brought me from God's done too many things brother John Blackwell God's done too many things I'm not going to forget I wish somebody throw your head back and say oh I'm never going to forget hey he's done too much when I think about what he's done for me He picked me up. He turned me around. Oh, come on, you ought to praise him. Hallelujah. Come on, do it again. Throw your head back. Say, oh, what he's done for me. I never shall forget. I never shall forget. Come on and praise him. That's what he's done. Come on, sing it. Sounds good. I never shall forget. I never shall forget. I 
Come on, put your hands together in this house. Come on, lift up a loud voice. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Come on, we've come to praise Him. Come on, He's been good to us tonight. Come on, I wonder if there's somebody that's thankful for how good He's been to you. You couldn't wave your hand a little bit. Come on, has He been good to you? Come on, has He been good? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. of his goodness. His name is power. Come on, if you come to praise his name tonight, why don't you put your hands together? Say, we love
Today is going gonna, is gonna to be a special day. Um, this is um, Sister Olivia Randall, and uh, we're so honored she's here today. I look up to her, um, and I know, uh, Sister Randall, that you have uh, your own podcast, if I'm not mistaken. What's the name of that? So people can maybe they could tune in to it. I'd heard that... Uh, you had a podcast, and I just, you know, tell us, tell us uh, what it is. Yes, sir. It's actually called In Training, and it's on Apple Podcast as well as Spotify. And it's mostly dedicated to young women pursuing their calling, their God-given calling, and an anointing in their lives. And it actually has, has been played in a lot of other demographics from young girls, and I pray that it it will bless whoever chooses to listen to it. Oh, yes, ma'am. Well, we are so excited you're here today. Been looking forward to it ever since um, that uh, we had invited you to come. I've been looking forward to it all day today as well. But we would love for you to come in and just obey the Holy Ghost and uh, share with us what you have. Well, thank you very much. First, I'd like to say that it's a very high honor and privilege that you would ask me, and I know that I'm very young, and I try to speak from that standpoint always. And I would like to say that as a younger Pentecostal person, that I would like to say that from the youth of our church really does look up to you and thank you for all that you do for us, for our school, and by your example that you present in every service. I know it touches so many lives. And I'd like to read today before I begin 
It's Psalm 100, Psalm 100, verse 5, and it says, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. And this scripture has always weighed heavily on my heart, and more so last week as my family and I traveled to St. Petersburg, Florida, and my father was attending a military conference there, and my sisters and I joined him, and as we were returning from this trip, I sat on the plane and I got my things together and I was just ready to have an hour long flight. And a lady came and sat next to me and she just was very friendly and so I struck up a conversation. And we quickly began from just small talk. We digressed into scriptural study and the current state of our world today. And we were just talking about different things and I began to relate to her the history of our church. I had I had shown her our online services and I said, well, you need to see our church. And so I began to show her pictures and I wanted her to know that our church just hadn't appeared and we weren't just given all that. And so I began to relate the story of my great grandparents and their journey from Mississippi all the way to North Little Rock and the uncertainty that they faced and the many trials that they had to endure and I told her about my great-grandfather and his stroke and how it crippled our church, really, and his ministry was unable to continue as usual. And I told her of the fire that devastated the congregation of Second and Buckeye. And I, I wanted her to see the full picture of what, what our church had been through to get to where we are today. And as I told her that, I also told her of the blessing of the past mantle that has continued throughout our pastorate. And I, I told her of the vision that, that our church had for greater buildings and greater places to worship as a congregation. And I told her the story, I'm sure if you've ever heard Bishop tell the story of my great-grandmother, and she was in prayer, and they were building building one on the freeway, and she said, I just keep feeling in my heart that this is not, God's telling me that this is not the biggest. There's one, a footing I keep seeing that's so much greater. And um, that truly did come to pass in our second building on the interstate. And I told her also that we have acreage across the freeway that we plan to, to build on as well. And she was just amazed by that. And she sat there and she smiled and she was, she was so impressed, and she said, well, do you think that to live for God and, and to really have a walk with God that you have to have a testimony like theirs, that you have to encounter something very trying and go through great hardship? And I, I had always thought about, you know, my testimony, and she was asking really, you know, what does your testimony need to include? And I had thought so many times as I'm, I'm, I don't know how many generations of Pentecost have come before me on my mother's side, but I thought, you know, I haven't had to face persecution. I've never faced discrimination based on the way I was dressed or the way I lived my life. And I thought, you know, what does my testimony show to her? And um, I, I began to tell her, you know, I, I really think that from my perspective, as having never faced those hard things, but having heard of them, that I do have a testimony, and that while mine doesn't look like theirs, mine is that God has kept me, that I've been raised in a godly home, that I've never, I've never been really exposed to the hardships of the world, that I've been taught to always love truth, to, to keep the church at the center of my life, and how blessed I am to know that and to be raised in that. And I know that that doesn't happen everywhere. I know my dad is first generation and his life looks very different from the life I have. And I know that I'm indeed very privileged to have been able to have that testimony. But I begin to think about that and how important it was that not only I realized that it was because I've been taught the things, but that now I've seen by the people that have invested into me, by the miracles that the Lord's done in my life, that what we do works. And I, I have it, not because I've been taught it anymore, not because it's been given to me, but because I've seen it for myself and it's been tried and true in my life. And this woman was so impressed and I think that it came as a shock to her 
that she would be sitting on an airplane in the 21st <laughs> century talking to a teenage girl and and to be presented with the ideas that I that I gave her and that coming from a person who held true to traditional values and a desire to live for God. And then we returned home and that service, the Sunday night service, Brother Cornelius Williams preached so wonderfully about being 10 times better. And I stood in the altar that Sunday night and I looked around and there were hundreds of young people just like me with an intense desire to serve the Lord. And it just united in my mind. It was like the Lord brought it together of the trip that I had just been on and the conversation I had had with this lady and what I was hearing from the message. And it resonated with me even more that the way we live and the things we do, they really work. And it results in the power that we have. The consecrations that we make give us the power and the light that people see when we go out on trips in public and and they see that light, the power that we have. And I realized all the more that what we do really does work. And my testimony is that I was born into a wonderful family. I I was always happy. I My parents doted on me because I was the only child for such a long time. But I know that my dad was just my hero. He was just the center of everything. And I think many little girls are that way, but mine was just extra special. He was not only a brave soldier, but he was a prayer warrior, and he led our home with wisdom. And and I looked up to him so much, and I loved him. And then it seemed like my life was just shaken, and he was was called upon to defend his country. And I don't especially remember distinctly events from his first deployment. But I do very well remember certain things vividly from his second. And I remember feeling so, so fearful. And I remember there were times when we would Skype call him. We would go to the computer and Skype him. And he would appear on the screen and I would be so happy and I would have a few minutes and it felt like he was there. And then he would have to abruptly end the call because he had to go take shelter from the enemy attacks. And the fear and the the unknown and I would watch as my mom would finish a call with him and she would she would hang up and then she would start weeping just thinking well, maybe it's my last time to talk to him and the fear of the adults in my life really settled on me in those times but in the darkest period of those times watching him leave and wondering if he would ever come back to me um, during those darkest times I remember my grandma Holmes's voice so strongly saying the Lord will bring him home. And she even prophesied right before he left the first deployment. She said, the Lord will take him over and the Lord will bring him back. And the Lord will take him over and the Lord will bring him back. And since that time, he's been faced, since his second deployment, he's been faced with several possibilities that he would be deployed before one of my sisters, right before she was born. It was, it was a very imminent possibility that he might have to deploy again, and we were so fearful. But we held on to the prophecy that he would only deploy twice, mm-hmm. and God has held faithful Ooh, to that. Hallelujah. So it's it's been a testament to me that God is very faithful to his word. And I remember her voice saying that and watching the testimony that she that she exhibited before me, her great faith, and seeing that she was able to have that great faith because she had experienced things so hard in her life. She'd gone through so many things, so many trials, and she'd always seen the Lord take care of her. And I knew, I know now looking back that that's why she had the faith and and the knowledge that she did to not be fearful and to just trust the Lord during that time. And I've held on to that forever. And her, her faith truly upheld me when I didn't have it enough in myself. As a young child, she would uphold me, and she taught me to love the truth by living it. And I know so many trials that she had been through had given her that backbone. And I remember her telling the story. She was a great storyteller. And she told a story about being on a flight back home from a trip. I think it was a missions trip, actually. And she, they experienced great turbulence, and 
the pilot came over the speaker and said that, well, we can't go around the storm and we can't go above or beneath the storm. So can you all please buckle up because we're going through the storm. And she, she taught us that very amply that that was how life would be, that we may not be able to avoid every trial because they're there to shape us and to make us into who God has us to be. And that God will go with us through every single storm, even if we can't avoid them. And a scripture that came to mind when I thought of this is Psalm 23, 4. And it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And so I, I was raised with a foundation of knowing that whatever my testimony would entail throughout my life, that God would always walk with me through it. And I know my testimony is truly a result of others who have invested their time and wisdom into my life. And they say that no one gets to a place without someone helping them, someone investing in them. And that's very true for me. I've had my great-grandparents, um, Sylvia and James Vandover, they've invested time and wisdom into me and knowledge on how to conduct myself. And I remember being very, very young and I would go over to their house and she would correct my grammar quite often. And just little things like that have shaped me into the person that I am today. And most certainly my grandmother and my Aunt Janet also as well has spoken so much into my life. And they've all molded me really into the person I am. And I know there are so many examples before us, especially that I've been so blessed to be close to, that have paid the ultimate sacrifice of giving their lives to the work of God, of dedicating their whole entire their whole entire work and efforts and energy into spreading the message of truth. And the bishop and pastor definitely, for sure, are great examples of this. And their example of excellence and wisdom in everything that they do has truly molded, I know, a lot of my generation. And my grandma Holmes, definitely, who dedicated her entire life, you know, she, even after she was very, very old and she, she was elderly and she couldn't get around, she could no longer preach or anything. She wasn't speaking to anyone, but she was in the prayer room ministering to people in the way that she could. And... I don't think there was one day in her life where she didn't minister to someone else. And that's a great example to me. I know that that's a very, very large role to fill. And I don't know that there's any person on earth who could fill her spot <laughs> because she, she was such a great woman of God. But she left such a great example and a legacy for young ladies of my generation. And during her time on earth, she related so many stories which really, to me, solidified the fact that what we do really, really works. And I remember her telling stories of people from long ago, and she would captivatingly tell these, and she would tell of a lady in the church. She was a sharecropper, and she was living on the property of this man, and he hated the apostolic church, and he hated that she was, she was attending Pentecostal services. And he would tell her, that she could only have you know, so much money. And she would go to church, and that night she said she shouted her shoes until they had worn completely out. And she came back home and she said, you know, sir, I really need some more money for some new shoes. I shouted the souls out. And the man was so angry and he was so hateful. And he told her that it was her own fault. She shouldn't have shouted all night. And the lady just went back the next night and she shouted again. And she would always say that that night the man went back to his house and he was trying to sleep and that all night long angels danced above his head and he couldn't get any sleep. And that story stuck with me forever. I'm sure it was the <laughs> depiction of angels over his head. And I, it just, you know, astounded me. But every, every time she would tell the story, she would, she would be praying for a backslider and she would say, we're just going to pray that the Lord will keep him up all night, that angels will just keep him up. And so she taught me with that that prayer really does work and that whatever we need from the Lord, whatever desire we have, that he will fulfill it, no matter if it's an, 
and a heavenly manifestation of that. And she would also tell of stories that I related to very well as a young girl. And she said she loved high heels. She just couldn't wait to get in some high heels. And she said that they were living in the depression when she was growing up. And she would take little spools of thread and make her own high heels. And she said it was just a desire, but she never expressed it to her parents because she knew there was no money for such things as, as playthings. And so she went to a store with her father and when they walked in, the man kept noticing that she was looking over at a new shipment of high heels. And he said, would you like to just take as many as you'd like for you to play with and your friends? And she said, oh yes. And she went over and loaded up the whole carton of them. She said she couldn't help but think about all her cousins and, <laughs> and everyone at home that would like to enjoy the, the spoils as well. And she would always talk about that story and handfuls on purpose that the Lord will drop for you. And those stories that she told shaped me and gave me my own testimony. And I realized from those, even even in the moment when I was so young and I, I didn't take away the lesson, but now looking back, they have ingrained themselves into me. And I'm a result of those stories knowing that if God did it for her, he'll always supply my needs. And even my desires, not even just my needs, but also the things that I don't really need, but I would like. And she also faced a great trial with my Uncle Rubel, who's now passed away, but he backslid. He never, they said he never really received the Holy Ghost and he never got it for himself. And he left the church at a very young age and for most of most of his life she was spent praying for him praying that the lord would bring him back and she would have visions of things that he would come back but it was just like the devil would torment her about it that he would that she had messed up and you know that he would never return and the church of course celebrated a great victory and he it took a lot it took trials to bring him back to, to where he needed to be, but he did, and thank the Lord he passed away with the message of truth in his heart and with the Holy Ghost, and she instilled in us that prayer works, even if it's not an immediate result of your prayers, even if you really, you really sow into the ground, you have to wait, and I know Brother Urshan preaches the message, sometimes it's like the snow, and sometimes our prayers will pile up for so many years and eventually that snow will melt and and the answer will come. And her, her stories, her tenacity, her resolve to never give up on the promises that she had been given, those always have, have resonated with me in knowing that things may take time and that my testimony may not always look this way and that I might have to face hard trials in my future. But he's the same God that he was to her, and that if he kept her during those trials, he will always keep me. And I know that from that, I I truly do, as the scripture says, I can have faith that the Lord is always good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth truly does endure to all generations so much sister Randall we appreciate that so much and uh, wow hadn't y'all been blessed today I'm telling you what I I sure loved your great grandmother I tell you I sure had though I was one of those that she was ministering to over there and in the uh, chair that she would sit in over there and uh, oh she would get a hold of me just, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost would fall, and we would pray so long. She, she would say, uh, it would get me tickled, but and she would get to laughing. But she'd say, you know, the Holy Ghost is just gonna have to let up a little bit, you know, because he was just wearing us out. Well, we, it was a great, great time, I tell you. Well, thank you so much for being here today, and we're gonna invite our pastor in to come in now and he's going to sing a song called Worth. 
So you clean me up inside 